Here we go. Yes, it is. The podcast you've been waiting for again. Ventura Forward, episode number nine. Myself, Spencer Norn, and my adversary, and my buddy, Tom Spence. We're in studio again, bringing that local podcast that's like the tasty waves, the good tunes, and the local grub. A great show today with a local guitar blues legend with stories to tell. Spence, are you excited? Very excited. The guy, Mark, who's in the studio with this guy. Hello, how are you? How's it going, you guys? Things are great. Now, many moons ago, you sat in that very chair when I used to have the afternoon show here on KVTA, and we chatted way back then, and you had a CD back then. I think you were really, at that point, uh, starting to get rolling, playing the theater, uh, Ventura Theater, Mm -hmm. and doing a lot of really, really great shows. So the way we want to start out, most people who are familiar with the music scene here, I want to hit the Ventura Theater shows because when we were just chatting before we got all set up here, you were talking about some of the people that you've done shows for, and Mm -hmm. it's quite a list of blues legends. Let's hear some of those, Guy. Uh, Okay, well, I'll go down the list. Kenny Wayne Shepard a few times there, Jeff Healy Band, B.B. King, Little Feet, Slash, um, there's more. Hold on, I'm I'm digging. I'm digging. But that's a good list. And, and if we think about this, one of the, the deals is you you are a fantastic player. Everybody who's heard you, seen you, you you can play, and you can play nice easy blues, and you can shred. So the question I have to ask with a lot of bands, and I'm going to bring up one right now, Black Sabbath. Now, when they were touring, they wanted to get an opening band. So way back in the day, Ozzy said, just get a band out of L.A. to open for us and we'll be cool. The band was Van Halen. (laughs) And they scared the hell out of Black Sabbath because Eddie was fresh and he blew them away. And they said, let's not let that happen again. As much as they appreciated them, the next band they got out of L.A. was Motley Crue. So these young guys get on stage again. So what I'm asking here in the very, very long question is, when you play as well as you do and you get up on stage, sometimes I think maybe some guitarists might be, who the hell hired this guy? Because you, you could, you have the abilities to show somebody up. Oh, I appreciate that. You definitely Thank do. You. No, Thank but you, you definitely do. And I Thank saw you. you with Kenny Wayne. Is the room getting smaller or my head getting bigger? Yeah, in here? But, but, no. but it's true because I, <laughs> I've seen you play. And if I remember correctly, which I hope I do, with Kenny Wayne Shepard, you're going to cross over because all of us love Jimi Hendrix. All of us love Stevie Ray Vaughan. Mm-hmm. So you're going to play some of the tunes they played. Stevie Ray sure. did a lot of covers. So when you go up there, do you have to flash your playlist to Kenny Wayne and say, by the way, this is what I plan? Because you could have crossover songs. Yeah, so the first time I opened for him, he was yeah a lot younger, and his management... Weren't we all, by the way? Yes. <laughs> his management came up to me and said, um, let me see your set list, because I guess I don't know if he had heard or if he knew who I was. And uh, he goes, can you not play that one? And it was Voodoo Child. Oh. And uh, I said, definitely. You know, I can not play that and Kenny comes up to me and goes play whatever you want I don't care good for him I said well I'm not gonna I won't do that I'll let you play it because he played it at the end of his set and so yeah. I was gonna do it so I I just told him no you're this is your night Kenny so you you do it you have it anyway so the second time I opened for him he said the same thing his you know we evidently became friends through the gigs but uh so I played it and then the third time I played it again. <laughs> now, would you say, okay, I won't play that, but I'll play Red House? Um, would you Would you just flip yeah. another Hendrix song in there to fill that hole? I think I was doing Red House anyway. Anyway, yeah. yeah. 
the forbidden blues song. Yeah, some of the songs are, <laughs> but, but some of these songs are, are absolute classics. So yeah. uh, going through your career, you have had the good fortune of headlining the Ventura Theater mm-hmm. and also uh, the skills to open for these folks. Uh, Dave yes. Mason always comes into the conversation because I heard this story, uh, Spencer, uh, quite some time ago that you uh, met him, and part of it is through your other, not only an axe, this man has a hammer too. Those right. are his tools. I'm a, a builder. I am good with wood. You are a framer <laughs> or a custom builder? All the above. All I, the above. I can build you a house from the ground up and, and build the furniture to, to furnish it. Not okay. that I'd want to. But you could. <laughs> but I could. You could do the whole thing. Yeah. And okay. I think it's part of the creative process. I'm a creative person. so. That's... And we're going to have to take that journey here, Spencer, because ask Guy when he started playing the guitar. Well, Guy, when did you start playing the guitar? <laughs> <laughs> and that's joking uh, around, though, Spencer. So 15 and a half, 15 years old? Kind of old. C- yeah. Well, com- comparison to today's sure. you know, prodigies at, at 9 and 10 mm-hmm. years old. So I was about 15. And, you know, that's why we brought Guy into the studio today to talk about that upbringing coming from Ventura County. Mm-hmm. Ventura Forward is about bringing those local legends to life to people. You know, I'm one of those fans too, Guy. Honestly, nice. I grew up thinking you were a legend. You know, like <laughs> you, people... I'm super, so sorry to let you down. I know, no, no, it's growing. <laughs> but that's why it's so fun getting older. And you've experienced yeah. talk about the great people that you've played with. But take us back to your little bit of roots in Ventura. Being a kid here, where'd you grow up a little bit? What were you doing as a kid? Were you surfing? Were you having fun? What was happening with you? Yeah, so uh, my dad being a builder, I grew up uh, picking up nails on job sites with a magnet as, you know, eight, nine years old. And back then there were no nail guns. So they used loose nails. So I was on the job sites with him and then he was a surfer. So my brother and I both grew up surfing, snow skiing, water sports on the lakes, all that good stuff. And then... um, yeah, I grew up here in Ventura. Ventura, born in high school. High school did you go to? Ventura. Ventura? So I was always a west side guy. Never really, didn't live too much on the east side. But um, um, the, my main, literally grew up from across the street from the Ventura surf shop. So, yeah. and I knew all that. And, you know, that JD from, from Surf Rodeo and Raging Arb, he worked there. He was 18 years old and I was like, eight years old or something like that and you know that's how long we've known each other so jd growing up is kind of like a, a, a idol of yours growing up 18 you're younger he's in his band going yeah on i mean, I mean b- back then he wasn't the redheads weren't established yet believe it or not back as far as i'm thinking back is when we met mm-hmm. he, he worked at the surf shop you know yeah um Man, that was back in the 70s. We discussed, too, we had Ross Emery, the drummer for Raging Art, yeah. in already in a prior mm-hmm. episode. Check yeah. that out if you have a chance. That's where we're bringing it full circle again. Yeah. Finding these stories about Ventura to inspire that youth, to know that great mm-hmm. people come out of where we're at. There's a lot of talent here. And you can go to the top, whether it's music, surfing. We just had a golfer win the CIF, shooting a 10-under par uh, this week. So wow. we have all these people here, guy. And so... Tell me about a little about this community input you've been putting in. I saw on Facebook last week or two weeks ago that you and I believe maybe our young upcoming guitarist in our city, Jason Secor, were at Ventura High School, right? Yes. Yeah, so that Jason is his dad. Jaden with a D is is the actual kid. Oh, Jaden. Excuse me. Jaden. Yeah. No, Jaden. Great, great, great guy. He's a super cool kid. He's nineteen. So um, my friend Christian, who teaches. Um, Music history, I believe, is the class there. Um, I, I, he'll bring us in. He'll bring me and other musicians from my band in to play 
for the kids. And sure. I've done it for three years, three, four years now. Anyway, so last year I went to his class. Jaden was a student, and Christian told him to bring his guitar because the guy will probably let you jam with him. And sh sure enough, of course, you know, I love collaborating with people. Brought him up, and we had a good time. He, you know, he jammed with me. So from that point on, he started contacting me about recording in my studio to, to make his debut EP, and that's kind of how that relationship Awesome. Yeah. I love it. So here's a teacher reaching out to an old friend. <clears throat> Excuse me. So here's a teacher reaching out to an old friend, you instructing students, yeah. finding a student in the stands, help mentoring him two years later. Yeah. Now he's playing with you in front of the students. Right. You, and so so this year, full you know, yeah. fast forward a year, now Christian asked me to come back and he goes, Maybe you can bring Jaden. And sure enough, we just made it happen. So now Jaden's playing for the students <laughs> alongside me. It was just super cool. And that's just, the local legend Ventura Forward story we're bringing to this podcast. Yeah, that's the wonderfulness cool. of creating this opportunity for the kids. Mm -hmm. And now parents are going to benefit because yeah. Black Couch mm -hmm. Studio is something that your project you've been taking ahead of, right? Absolutely. And it's great to hear these stories because one of the things about starting at 16 what motivated you? Hey, suddenly I'm going to play. Did a buddy bring out a guitar? And yeah. you said, uh, I, I love So it. another local, you know, very, he's very, he's a quiet local legend, John Francis. He's just a phenomenal player. Him and I were kind of best buds in high school. He played back then. I didn't play at the time, and I was just floored by his talent. So he got me into the guitar back in at 15, 16, and, uh, that's kind of where it just took off from there. So, so initially, what were you listening to when you picked up the guitar? Oh shoot, just rock and roll, like like Boston and whatever. No, <laughs> you know Boston. Every time you just so hit my Boston. first, I was just really into the just two string bar chords, just rock like heavy rhythms. And so mm -hmm. my first song I ever learned was "Rainbow in the Dark" from Dio, and I have a story about that too. And and three chords, ba na da na na na, and that was it. You know, and then a, another friend of mine handed me this record. He goes, here, listen to this. And it was um, Couldn't Stand the Weather album from Stevie Ray. Good old Stevie Ray. And that's yeah. when I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to sound like. Would that I have been 83, 84? Oh, man, I don't know. You're asking my, me to do math right yeah, now? Yeah, my, my, uh, <laughs> my yeah, what measure, measure twice, cut once. Uh, so we got to do a little <laughs> bit of mathematics here. But my Stevie Ray story is uh, n has nothing to do with playing because I have no playing skills. I can't sing, can't do anything. But I used to go to concerts like Matt. So one day in T.O., hanging out, and Moody Blues were playing the forum. And I called all my buddies. And I'm saying, hey, let's go catch some Moody Blues. It's a classic band. we got to see him. No, 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 no. So I was so into concerts, I would go and get singles all the time. So I drove <laughs> out to the forum, got a scalp, great seat because I got a single. I sit down. And I, I'm talking to the people around me, and I said, does he have, do the Moody Blues have an opener? And they said, yeah, it's a guy named Stevie Ray Vaughan. And I said, well, who the hell is that? And they said, have you heard the new Bowie record, Let's Dance? Yeah. And I said, uh, sure, I've heard it. And that's the guy that plays. So I'm thinking, wow, I'm going to see this spangly David Bowie dude come out <laughs> and do this, like, right. thin white Duke thing. This is, this is what I heard, and I'm going to play the first song I ever heard Stevie Ray Vaughan play. The guy came out with his cowboy hat and his kimono yeah. and two great players. And this is the song I heard.
damn. And it was, I sat there, and and this (laughs) is, I've been to a lot of shows in my life. The only show I ever left early was the Moody Blues. Stevie Ray impressed me so much. Got my car. You were satisfied. Mid-set. Yeah, I was. Sure was. <laughs> and I, I drove to a record store and bought the album right there. And I ended up seeing Stevie about 20 times because I was such mm. a Stevie Ray Vaughan dude. If he played a show at the Universal, I went to both. If he played a show, I saw him with Jeff Beck. I saw him with Healy. Oh, I'm jealous. I've I seen him with five Bonnie times. Oh, I've seen did. him five times, and that's usually more than... That's usually three or four more times than anybody has seen him. You've seen him 20 times? 20 times. Well, I saw him at the Palladium <laughs> in L.A., yeah. small small house. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw him uh, at the Forum, the L.A. Sports Arena, the Greek. I saw him at the Universal. You were probably at all the concerts I was at. Every single show. I went to everything. Somehow I missed the Libero show. That still breaks my heart. Oh, but yeah. he was the guy for me that changed everything again. There's a great story from Greg Allman. And the Allman Brothers at that point, Blues had died. Blues were gone, yeah. and they were literally playing 200, 250-seat clubs. Stevie Ray Vaughan and all the boats went up with that tide, and many of the great players were pulled back up because of Stevie Ray and Double Trouble, and it was yeah. just fantastic. Oh, so yeah. Obviously changed your life. Yeah. The thing about Guy, though, is he can play at that level. I can listen oh. at that level. I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. I well, yeah, I mean, I, I sat... I sat with Stevie Ray Records for like five hours a day every day. I wasn't into girls. I was into, I want to play with that kind of intensity. And I, you know, you just listen to records and, and play along with them. Guy, what, do you, do you yeah. feel like you're there, like in that sense? Do you feel like you accomplished that? And, and how do you, where, I do. Now that? I, love, I do I mean, feel and, like and, that. And this is a podcast you can beam here. This is where there's no yeah. loose about. We brought <laughs> you in just for you to tell us how awesome you are so that we can move it forward, right? The well, forward podcast, guys. One of our proud sponsors of this podcast is the Ventura Music Hall. Oh, nice. You know, I would love to see Guy Martin, Ventura Music Hall. We were talking about it before. Let's do like a Ventura Forward concert something. Yeah, that would be cool. To where we can get these kids going in here. To where we can have these local, not to use it lightly, local legends. Mm -hmm. And we know you want to do more. It's not like Guy's been here in uh, the Dave Mason or whatever else in that fair world tour. We were looking to put this in the next stratosphere still. So how can we help you, do you think, Mm. bump this up? I, I don't know. Give me $10,000 and I'll buy my way into the... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but speaking of Greg Allman, I just heard you mention, he's another one I opened for at the theater. Oh, and I got to chat with him backstage. And, oh, so such a great dude. Anyway. New um, album coming out, though, you said. With all, all seriousness, you've been working on some new albums. You have some good studio stuff going on. We talked oh, about yeah. Black Couch Studio as well. So you're playing daily still, yeah? Oh, yeah. No, my I'm... My I'm up to my neck in music still, even though I still do my day job with with building. My music is still that's just it's always going to be there. My my Black Couch Studio is super busy right now, which is great. So who is recording at Black Couch Studios? Who is? Um, that, well, that's uh, who. So Jaden, that kid we just talked about, he he's been in he's been in and out of there. Um, uh, he'll be back to record another full length record. Um, this, I have a few other cats, but the, the, the most recent thing we've been doing there is called the Black Couch Music Series. And I'm not, are you familiar with that? What's been happening with that? Is that with Bad Moon Rising? I caught well, a clip fir- of that. Yeah, that's okay. So that's... Who's the singer on that? Well, there's four different... Singers. Okay, so let me explain to you what Black Couch Music Series is. Um, Jerry McWhorter from Hi Hat Entertainment, he's a local drummer. Mm-hmm. Um, he, him and I got together and created this series. What it is is... We take 16 of Ventura's like kind of finest musicians, put them into a hat, and randomly assemble four bands. 
two guitar players, bass, and drums. And then we take those four bands and we pick one cover song out of a hat. And then each, each one of those bands has three hours in my studio to record their own version of it. And it's such a blast. The process is so fun because they don't know who they're playing with until they show up. Mm. So, it's, yeah. And their interpretation of the song, like Bad Moon Rising, is a really sincerely unique take on it. And I, oh. I'm not a fan of cover tunes as in tributes and duplicates. Yeah. But I love people who reinterpret. Yeah. So and that's the whole point. When, when the musicians come into the studio, we're like, don't try to recreate what Credence did. Mm-hmm. You know, because you, you shouldn't. And you really can't because Fogarty <laughs> yeah. had the voice. Oh, yeah. Fogarty. Well, there's my phone. And then so we just say, do your own spin. And everybody's been... So the first volume, Series 1, was Midnight Rambler from the Stones. And so that was really cool. And so all that's, all those videos are on my Black Couch YouTube, Black Couch Studio um, YouTube channel. You could go and check out check out all those. So if fans are looking to check you out, some of the most recent stuff we're doing, check out the Black Couch Studio on, on YouTube. As far as like my endeavors in the music studio world, it's Black Couch Studio YouTube. Great. My personal music, uh, Guy Martin Music on YouTube, it's kind of stagnant right now. I'm just, I need to, I need to get off my ass and get that stuff done. <laughs> well, if you're building houses, you're playing uh, no. the guitar, you're teaching these kids, you're yeah. sound crazy busy, which yeah. I'd love to hear about. Um, where is Black Couch Studio located at? It's actually, um, I purchased a house um, in town, a real nice uh, dual-level house. I converted the whole lower floor into my studio. Neighbors happy? Oh, yeah, it's done right. It's oh, soundproof. Sorry. You can't hear. You can't we hear can outside. be there at midnight rocking on the full band, yeah. and the neighbors can't hear it. Spence, we need to get an invite to this Black Couch Studio. What do you yeah. think, huh? Yeah, I, I love live music. Uh, live <laughs> music is better. Bumper stickers must be issued, said by. <laughs> uh, Neil Young. Could be. <laughs> off the American Stars and Bars album thank you very much Drink. it's called Union Man is the name of the song uh, but the other thing that's that's great about music and it, Neil Young references will continue throughout this uh, fine show Sorry, and we'll get to Band of Gypsies in just a little bit too a great Jimi Hendrix album mm-hmm. but when we talk about music the one thing that I like about music is I can go out to Aldi Miola. We can drop every name in the world. Mm-hmm. But I can also listen to Neil and listen to a band like X with John Doe uh, also playing. Um, at the Venture yeah. Music Hall tonight. Music mm-hmm. Hall. So I am open to everything. And so whenever anybody says, who's the best guitarist, I will only say, who's my favorite guitarist. Yeah. Because I don't really, I don't go there's, outside there's, of that. How well, can you say? There is no best. Yeah. How, there how really can, isn't. It's way too subjective. It very yeah there's i mean dave mason was always you know very adamant about Jimi hendrix being the best mm-hmm. guitar player that ever lived but he's right he because he was a pioneer i mean he he's he will always Jimi hendrix will be, he, he'll just he'll always be here for the generations to come and that's what makes him one of the best guitar players because back in the day he he was just so far ahead of his time. Help, help me out. What did Jimmy do that was so unique in that time that he changed that oh. motivated guitarists like you? I, I've heard about it my whole life. I love Jimmy Hendrix. Yeah. But I, I'm 40, so I, I mean, a little before that time, in that sense, to what was it that just hit him like that for you? Mm. He, was, had, he, he was just so far ahead of his time back in the day. Even, you know, guys like Clapton and Jeff Beck were just like, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, Peter, Pete Townsend. What is going on with this guy? Who is this guy? He's from a different planet. <laughs> yeah. And and well, left-handed player flipped the guitar over the strings. Yeah. And he's and flamboyant. Plus, 
he and he had the groove. Yeah. And I think a lot of people and what uh, um, Power of Soul, another great song by the Band of Gypsies. Uh, it was different when Jimmy played it. And yeah. I think that being a black player in a world of white players at that time, you played with B.B. King, so mm -hmm. we know led Buddy Guy, the legend yeah. of black guitarists, is incredible African-American yeah. players. But in rock and roll like that, I guess in Living Color, we could go through a few other bands that, that played great guitar. But Jimmy, when you hear him, it's just... Yeah. It's something about it. The Some, way he played yeah. Wild Thing and, and there was that. Where Stevie <laughs> played with that ferocity like yeah. he was, his head was going to blow off. Jimmy yeah. was more of just the groove. Yeah, the groove and uh, just that nobody was cooler than Jimi Hendrix, mm -hmm. man. You just... You just <laughs> Legend has it at Monterey Pop when everybody was arguing who mm -hmm. was going to be the last on. He stood on a chair and he says, I don't need to be last, but nobody will want to follow me. Bam! I don't dude. remember that quote. Yeah, yeah I, I heard yeah. that, and he just said, "Nobody's going to want to follow me." <laughs> and then, enough when he played in London, because that's where he really got his initial fame. Mm -hmm. When he went over there, because he was having difficulties in the U.S., uh, they said that the guitarist, it might have been Beck, that got on stage, and he said, "If you're looking at the water at the bottom of the stage, that's the tears of all the guitarists, <laughs> because they had never seen anything no. like Jimmy." Nope. And that's what he'll have forever. Much like Eddie, the way Eddie Van Halen also changed the yeah. guitar. Nobody had seen that kind of playing before. Mm -mm. And then when Stevie came in, it, he he took he took and rolled up Jimmy, and then all the blues cats, you know, all the kings, you know, and all those people rolled them all into one. And that there was Stevie. So he created his own vibe. Mm -hmm. And it was a, a beautiful one at that. So yeah. um, quick Steve Ray Vaughan trivia question. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there is a movie where the song Lenny is played in its entirety as a background while two stars, boy and a girl, are having a very, very nice conversation. Think Brat Pack. When uh, I saw the movie, I saw it late because it wasn't my thing, and I hear the song, and I'm just like, oh, my God, that's I know Stevie it. Ray. Yeah, and I, I've seen it, and I can't remember the name. Molly Ringwald, 16 Candles? That's it. 16 oh, yeah. Candles. That's, Lenny man, is you're going played way back. in its entirety. And I thought, John Hughes, I looked at that, and I thought, I want to write the man a letter because he treated the song so beautifully with a conversation. It begins, and when their conversation ends, that lilting That's guitar. so cool. I think I've seen that movie once, but I remember that. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it's one of those moments where a song was used so beautifully mm -hmm. in a movie that had a lot of the pop hits of the time. But this guy grabbed Stevie Ray Vaughan in a world of you know kids that were listening to yeah. whatever was the music of the time. One of the best best uses of music in a movie. And ever. one of the best performances of that song is live at the Alma Combo. Oh. Oh, yeah. Do when yourself people, a favor. Go people, see that. I still have the VHS. And when people ask me questions, I say, you just got to watch this for a while. And people, if you start talking, they're like, shut up, shut up. Because right. you're watching Stevie play. And, 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 yeah. I, I know off topic again, but that performance of his was, to me, one of the best he's ever done. And, you know, he was still under the influence back then. Oh. And but man, that show! Yeah, it was in step where he really became right and well. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that was it. You know, yeah. Shannon talks about the times that the phone rang for either one of them before they answered the phone. They grabbed a drink. They were so addicted at the time; it was yeah. ridiculous. And yeah. he would do the uh, Crown and Coke, cocaine, and in his horrible. Yeah, yeah, and as as his morning pick me up. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the way he got started. And I've yeah. seen, like I said, I saw him play a lot. Never 
ever missed a beat or never had a bad show. No. He just killed it, even in those situations. So, yeah, Stevie Ray, definitely a big fan. Huge fan. Me too. As we're chatting here, a little more with Guy Martin, a local jazz guitar legend for the city and county of Ventura and the world in our point of view. Or blues. Or I blues. Wouldn't, I wouldn't say jazz. Jazz. Probably more blues. blues. I got misquoted there. <laughs> blues. Excuse me, Spence. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> How would you describe your set, your music then? That's something we haven't described. Your person. Uh, help me out as I'm learning more about I, you. You know what? It's, um, I'm not a traditional blues guy. I'm, like a, I'm more of a blues rock. Definitely Stevie Ray influence, Hendrix. And then... Um, yeah, I like to all my all my original material that isn't released yet. You know, kicking myself in the butt for that, but it will be soon enough. Um, it has a very cool, at least from my perspective, has a cool feel and vibe mm. to it. It's different. Um, you know, you'll hear my blues influence, but it's not your it, traditional four. Has bar. there ever been charted like a West Coast? B- blues. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, West like, Coast blues. I mean, I've heard the term, but very rarely. You know, because in Ventura, we, we're known as that, like that rockabilly feel, right? We talk about yeah. how it's like Bakersfield by the sea sometimes. We've heard that. Oh, Cowtown. I don't like saying it, Ventucky. But, you know, we have that little grunge edge to us. We talk about mm-hmm. how we're the start of c- Central California sometimes, how yeah. it gets a little more dirty up here, per se, from the L.A. scene. Mm-hmm. And, Guy, I think you kind of fit that scene right into that, with that, 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 like, that toughness of that blues, but the softness that the ocean kind of provides at the same time. Oh. It's a good way to look at it, yeah. yeah. I always wanted to call it Calabama and just bring the whole area into it because we definitely have that going on. We've got a little bit of that, um, yeah, I'll say it straight out, rednecky feel, but we also have the uh, big beach vibe. And yeah. everything we've heard over the years with the California sound, if you go back to the Springfield and bands like that, coming up through here, it would be interesting i'm trying to think was paul butterfield i'm trying to think of who would be the guy from california he was chicago wasn't he? what what about uh randy california he was a great player i don't yeah. think you'd call him blues though yeah he was more of a hendrix yes a, a, a guy right like that. but it is it's an interesting question though what is there a california blues sound yeah, oh, a, we're going to discover that because it sounds you like it's, should know. it's already recorded. It hasn't yeah. been released yet. Right. That's yeah, that's I think, yeah, maybe my <laughs> stuff will be the California blues sound. I mean, uh, we're going to hop into a few questions, I think, here real fast. We okay. do some fun part of the podcast. Get people to know you a little bit better. Okay. Right? Uh, start with a few questions. What did you have for breakfast this morning? I haven't eaten yet. He hasn't eaten yet. I In like fact, that. I plan on doing a late breakfast after we're done here. Okay, okay go to the question. Question two here. When you get tacos in town, where do you get them? Who? That's a good one right there. Um, right off the bat, um, uh, Snapper Jacks. I, I love their mm-hmm. their chicken tacos. Okay. Um, Spencer McKenzie's is good, although I always pass them up a lot because their their line is out the door every time I drive by and I don't feel like waiting. Right. So shout out to John at Spencer. Um, <laughs> you got to go by 2.30 in the afternoon. The only time it's not busy. <laughs> yeah. So tacos, I mean, uh, Casa de Soria has some good Good tacos in their lineup. Really, Casa for tacos, interesting. I mean, yeah, you know they they got some good stuff there. Um, tacos, tacos. All right, that's yeah, that's a good chance there. Okay, we got another one. Oh, I got a one more. Corrales, one more. Corrales, Corrales, Okay, yeah. No burrito. I'm a burrito Corrales. Well, guy. yeah, that too. Yeah, okay. four way. Oh yeah. Carne asada four way. No pico. No pico. With avocado. Oh uh, oh wow. <laughs> I'm a C pico. Are you? What's the phone number? You know the phone number on top of your head? Nope. 805-643-1043. There's know. an endorsement right there. Okay. <laughs> and then there's a non-sponsor. One of a good sponsor is Ventura Music Hall again. And last question for you. When you go to a Dodger game, what section do you sit in and what do you eat from the snack bar? 
Uh, I haven't been to a Dodger game in probably 20 years. <laughs> so, that's okay. but, so I don't know the sections, but I will tell you, it's Dodger dog and a beer. I mean, that's it. He's going to a game soon, Spence. Yeah. That's the only way to roll. Uh, getting back to music between a live recording. Now, I, I'm going to play a song for you here because I put together uh, three songs, and none of them are If I Were a Carpenter. But I, I wanted to do some <laughs> songs that could perhaps have to do with building, and I want to see if you can tell me who these people are. Are you ready for the yes, first shoot, song? Go. And this is a live performance. For the one of a nail. I can't. I'm, I'm not placing it. I don't know who that is. Todd Rundgren did it oh. originally, <laughs> and he's singing with Daryl Hall. Have you ever seen Daryl's House? That was Hall and Oates right there? Yeah, that was, uh, was Daryl Hall from Daryl's House. Okay. Now, this is kind of like, and this is why I love the, the uh, Black, Black Couch Studio. Daryl Hall, because he's got a little bit of cash. He made some money in his time. <laughs> he created this beautiful studio that's in Hawaii, and he invites all sorts of players to come over. Yes. They open the place up, and they play his songs, their songs, combined songs. That's so cool, man. And I'll tell you, they sit there and sing live. And Todd ain't no youngster, no. and neither is Daryl, and their voices are still incredible. Is that what that's from, that recording? Yeah, that's from, uh, you've got to look it up, Daryl's Oh, house. yes. It just kills. I'm a huge Todd Rundgren fan. He he produced Meatloaf. And okay, did so Bat Out of Hell. Yeah, and to the opposite of that, I am not familiar with a lot of his stuff. Todd it's Rundgren, so good. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, I saw the light and um, many, why can't can't we just be friends? And that, but he can sing. He can play. He's just an artist. Todd is God from the old <laughs> days, from the Naz all the way up through um, everything Todd's done is great. But it's live music. I'm a huge yeah. fan of live music. Anything can happen during a live show. And, and the passion comes out. Now, yeah. I know when you talk about the wrecking crew and all these great players who can sit down, read a chart, yeah. and play it like that, that's beautiful. But I'm still, I like the flaw. I like that, you know, Miles Davis said a mistake is an opportunity. You know, just yeah. keep on going and keep on playing. I think you would be a good, you would you would uh, appreciate the Black House sessions, the, the music series sessions we're doing mm -hmm. where everybody shows up. They've never played together. They don't know what song they're doing, but here they go, and they do it. It's a really cool process. Yeah, it's the ultimate in organic playing, yeah. and I mm -hmm. just love that. So I'm going to do one more. This is another live cut. Are we ready? I hope it's easier. Uh, this will be... <laughs> <laughs> right? I know. <laughs> Me too, guy. Come on. we got to go deep. <laughs> Three. 
And that is? That is Weird Al Yankovic doing, no, I'm just kidding. That's Queen. Queen playing Hammer Will Fall. And that is uh, from Live Aid. Yeah. Uh, The wonderful voice, the great Mm -hmm. guitar playing. I recognize that song from the movie, Bohemian Rhapsody, which was amazing. Yeah. And when when they took off, uh, there was no, but it's live again. And you look at what they can do when they're live. So like my favorite live albums, Band of Gypsies by Mr. Hendrix. Mm -hmm. I love Carlos Santana's Moonflower. It's just off the charts. And uh, also uh, getting down to Stevie Ray, his live live album. Live Alive? So good. I, yeah. The Macombo's tough, but that was only VHS. It That's wasn't video. a record. Uh, is, it, is it on audio only? Is it just video? I don't know if they, if they, yeah. if they dropped that audio. I spent a lot of hours with the album Live Alive. Mm-hmm. A lot of hours. Again and again and again. Yeah, and because that's where his energy came out. Yeah, you know? and, and everything and anything could happen. And I yeah. had so many good times sitting far away. Had Elbows on stage once for a Stevie Ray. Who? I, I broke. I had Elbows on stage. Oh, I thought you said was, Elvis on stage. No, no, not Elvis. <laughs> no, it was Elbows on stage. I was all, and it was Mary Turner, the great Mary Turner from uh, KMET that got me that because oh. I had a broken ankle. She felt sorry for me, and she, she led me and my buddies into the show. That's so cool. And says, you're going to stand Back right up there. Back in the day, KMET. Yep, KMET wow. at the Palladium, too. So it was good to see. But I'm a huge fan of live music so I've got to pick up on some of these uh, sessions that you have there mm-hmm. you've really got I, I think a, a show that could that could catch on because this is like reality programming with a heart yeah uh, because you you put people in a situation where they can create and make something that's really original yeah so we got a um, a guy there with one camera and he's documenting the whole thing the whole thing is it's just not live but at the end of the sessions I have to go through all the video and put the video to the music. And, you know, that's a lot of work, but, you know, it comes easy for me because I'm used to it. But um, there's so much B-roll footage of all these sessions. Like, I don't, I'm going to have to do something with it someday of their creative process, them sitting in there going over stuff and super cool. Have you ever thought of just turning the live camera on and letting it just run? I have. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I find that's like the best thing too. It's yeah. Everyone doesn't want it on there because some things might be said and whatnot. Right. Sometimes you can have like 95% of the live, but yeah. I feel that vibe too. And we, we discussed earlier about opportunities to see you coming up in the future here. We got, it's May right now. Summer's coming yeah. along. We're coming out of this post pandemic thing. Mm-hmm. Musicians opportunity, I hope is high. And t- maybe tell us about a few of the uh, shows you have coming up. Uh, so right now I'm not playing a ton because I can thankfully be selective because I've earned it, and that's kind of what I'm doing right now. I'm just picking and choosing where I want to play. Anyway, um, I've kind of been doing the once-a-month thing at Grace and Hops, which is now called The Twist downtown. I'm there this month on the 28th. It's a Saturday night. Okay. So you can catch me there from 7.30 to 10.30. And then I think the Ojai Blues Festival, which I think is June 4th. I'm not sure. We'll get the date for that. But so Ojai, Ojai Blues Fest. Um, um, supposedly headlining that one, so and that's um, at the Ohio Performing Arts Center or something like that. Now, do you gather up? Uh, do you usually play three piece on this? Uh, how do you go? A trio, usually yeah. a trio. Yeah, sometimes if I'll bring in a sax player to kind of take a little pressure off off me filling all the gaps, or hey, Steve or, even threw in a keyboard player or a keys player. Yeah, mm-hmm. keys is really nice to have. In fact, maybe I'll I'll check that out for the Blues Fest. So you gather up the band uh, enough to run through some songs and mm-hmm. then play? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. 
I love it, Spence. I love it. I love the music <laughs> by the bringing here with Guy Martin today. Ventura Forward takes a lot of pride in bringing the legends in, having them feel comfortable and tearing their story. Guy, we want to really thank you so much for coming in today and sharing your story. It's been my pleasure. It's been great to see you guys both. Yep, cool. and we will uh, promote the live music. And like you say, let's get uh, some local guys. Maybe we could do a local G3 and, and pick the three guitarists to play that up would on be cool. stage. I think that that's would be a, wonderful. a good way to go, too. I, I'm not yeah. going to say who, but I, I have a couple on my list that I would love to see, too, that can play with you. And, oh, uh, nice. That'd be a nice. Uh, have you ever heard the Al Miola, John McLaughlin, and Paco de Lucia record not from San Francisco? No. It's all acoustic. Ooh. And you were talking about doing Ooh. an electric acoustic. Yeah. I want to do a, a, a full record project, electric, but then tandem it with a full unplugged version of the same record. Is acoustic that much more difficult to play uh, than the electric guitar? Yeah, you can't shine on an acoustic um, like you can electric, but you can you can get down and dirty with it if you really dig in and and you're not afraid of it. You can you can do it. It's just not, it doesn't come as easy. It's harder. Life by the drop. It's harder. Yeah, it's life by the drop. Yeah. And Steve, you did do a three song set for Unplugged, obviously yeah. way back. Way back. And it's pretty cool. But I had always heard that from players. That was on players, MTV, right? Yeah. That yeah. Your, the strength you have to have in your hand to play acoustic yeah. for an extended time is fairly yeah. tough. Yeah. And I play heavy strings. So I'm used to it. Like literally, uh, my strings on my electric are uh, 12s, which are pretty heavy. What did Stevie play? Apparently the 12s. gauge on his. What did he? Mm-hmm. Oh, look at you. 12, yeah. Because there's a lot of people that say they <laughs> literally, 12. they can't pick up Stevie's guitar because their their yeah. hands cannot manipulate the strings. My guitar tech back in the day, he would fix my guitars up for me. Tracy Longo. Oh, know, Tracy. No, Tracy very and cool. Tracy's yeah. like, dude, I can't play your guitar and tell if it's right. But you're gonna have to come check it out because the strings were so heavy. But and he, Tracy plays with like eights or nines, you know, mm-hmm. Jimmy Page style. So the next time you open up, what's the first song you're gonna play? Um, not an original. But oh, when, you mean when next time play. I open up? Yeah, for next a time you just headliner? play somewhere. Well, what um, are you opening with? Come on. I do a, an instrumental that I wrote called Texan Good Time because it's just it's a very Texasy blues rock thing, and it's you know it's kind of what I do to open to warm up, you know, it's kind of like what Stevie did with Testify and sure. stuff like that. So, all right, sounds awesome. I've got one more Spence before this podcast wraps up, and that is: Have you ever come up with a Ventura song? Ever thought about writing an original song that's based around Sam Boyne Ventura? I've not thought about it. That's I, something that, I should maybe dig into. This podcast is looking for an original song. An original song. Has to be by Guy. But just saying, <laughs> if it comes up in the library at all, okay. I have reached out to Jaden, too, actually, for fun. Yeah. And I think for a young kid in that sense to get, like, a vibe that we could tune off of, right? Yeah. Like, doesn't this town is so deserving of yes. its song, per se? Yeah. Or maybe you can get a bunch of artists to do a yeah. bunch of Ventura songs and get a collaboration of Ventura songs. Yeah, because yeah. the only one we really have is Ventura Highway. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's yeah. A, a classic. Mm-hmm. A classic that's, that's going way back. Yeah, way back. That's a, that's an early '70s song by America. So we had a great time today in studio with Guy Martin <laughs> talking Ventura local music and the journey of getting there to where you can be on top in our town of the guitarist who continues to play at festivals, bars, music, and creating an amazing studio at his house. Looking for some music coming out soon. If people want to reach you for the studio and uh, to see it not only on. On YouTube and to catch uh, your website, give us your directions to you. On directions the to me? Well, on uh, social media, Guy Martin Music, Facebook and Instagram, Guy Martin Music. Even YouTube, it's Guy Martin Music. Uh, Black Couch Studio, same thing. Black Couch Studio, it's, uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Awesome. Yeah. 
Right on. All right, guys. Well, let's wrap this up here, Spence. We're doing another good episode, episode number nine. We're going to come back soon with ten. But in the meantime, Guy, thank you for coming in, and let's my go. My pleasure. My pleasure. Looks of an angel, but the devil's in his soul. From the day we met, I knew I'd lose control. Feel of her touch sets my heart on fire. Fueled by addiction, by desire. Strong 